0: You can also call the law of attraction the unconscious karmic realm as well, where you don't know what the heck your energy has put into motion from however long ago or whatever subconscious thing you have going on.
1: Imagine if bad
0: karma and good karma are like batteries and they have a certain amount of energy. Because here you have the Nazi party going after Lemuria Mu. Here you have the US government funding expeditions to find Shambhala. I mean, there's something under the surface here when it comes to that. When it comes to that specifically, which is where my interest goes. You, you have Hitler who gets a hold
1: of this information and he, he mobilizes an entire right. country to go searching for these things for what? Well, for power. Right. So it's for power. And then
0: Operation Paperclip happens. There is a declassified document, a book, basically, uh, that the CIA had, which, which basically took what Houdini did and applied it to their agents.
1: Any force out there in the universe can be used for good or for bad. Hi everyone, welcome back to Metaphysical. In the first part of this series on ancient lands, hidden history, and occultists, we talked about the esoteric writer James Churchward who popularized the idea of a lost continent of Mu. We also talked a lot about how this idea didn't come from him, but was taken from older and older sources that got changed and hijacked over time. Well, if you thought his story was the only one to come from an extremely ancient past and get changed, we're going to blow your mind when we start talking about Helena Blavatsky. Ever heard of the law of attraction that's so popular with the new age followers ever hear You should just try to manifest happiness and wealth. Well, Blavatsky is the reason why you've heard of it and her history and what things she adopted for a strange and twisted purpose are purposely missing from the stories you hear today. So join remote viewer John Vivanco and me investigative researcher Rob Counts for a show that's sure to be out of
0: this world. And if you're listening to the Metaphysical Podcast or you're watching us on a video platform, please leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It'll help us reach more people. Then make sure that you like and subscribe wherever you are.
1: John, how are you? Good, 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 good,
0: good. I, I have to admit, I've been
1: waiting to offload all of this stuff on you for a long time and hear what you say. Yeah, think. I know,
0: I know, I know, um, I know.
1: And yeah, the you know, um the rabbit hole that is Helena Blavatsky has been one that I have not found the end to. And that's saying a lot because I research I research things a lot, and this I, one is hell. deep.
0: I don't know a lot about this person. I really don't, admittedly. Um, so you're going to have to inform me on this one because, you know, I understand like the the underpinnings of um, uh, basically what theosophy did for the more spiritual world. But the individual here, I'm curious about. So yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it.
1: Well, and, and the question really comes, can you separate – the individual from theosophy itself and and i really don't believe that you can in this case and 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 i have a reason for that right i have a reason i believe that and and okay so this conversation kind of has to revolve a little bit around lemuria because helena blavatsky is really the one that appropriated the concept of lemuria over time it had been brought up before like we'll we'll we will discuss, but she had loads of mention of Lemuria in her book from nineteen, from eighteen eighty eight. Excuse me, um, the Secret Doctrine. Now, the Secret Doctrine was a very significant book at the time, and I'm going to try to set the stage for you on why this this was was important. Um. This book actually revealed for the first time a lot of the belief system in some of these secret societies that everyone still talks about to this day, like the Mason's and the Rosicrucians and stuff like that. Remember that when I say that, she also created a religion called Theosophy from her books, okay? And you can see here, like, this is the, the- Theosophical Society's. Uh, uh, symbol here which is it's basically containing literally all the symbols from every single belief system out there almost all in one right you've got egypt we've got jewish symbols in here uh you know the Ouroboros, you've got the the um the sravatsa from from uh tibet uh or the ancient eastern arts so there's there, there's emergence then you've got the om symbol above all of that right so it's like emerging um, emer- emergence of all of these into one thing i think is hard, really hard for people when they're looking at this is it's very hard to separate what was going on when she released this book with the time that it was released and what was going on in society at the time, right? Okay, so at the time, there was this huge spiritualist movement. I mean, we're talking about a spiritualist movement where all of these people were making... Okay, just to be frank, they're making loads and loads of money off of channeling and all of this stuff, right? They're having seances, and seances is like the craziest thing for them because they're like the idea that they're interacting with these otherworldly spirits, right? And some of these people that were that became known for uh, really bringing the heat when it came to these seances and like bringing in all of these spirits and having these insane experiences, were largely entirely exposed by a guy named Houdini, the magician. Houdini took a lot of he, – he was really annoyed with the fact that these people were playing with these forces and making a buck off of it. He really thought that they were deceiving people. He being a magician and doing this stuff on a, on a daily and, and weekly basis <clears> – <throat> Basically says to himself, you know, I- I'm going to I'm going to show you guys why this is all false. So he goes out there. He goes to a bunch of seances and starts one by one exposing the spiritualist movement. Right. Um, where, you know, he even becomes friends with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's wife is, a, is one of these like channelers, these spiritualist women. And he ends up exposing even her. And it's sort of like, you know, no offense, but this is a bunch of bull. And I'm going to show you why. Right. Did you know that um,
0: there is a declassified document, a book, basically, uh, that the CIA had, which, which basically took what Houdini did and applied it to their agents in order for agents to get out of situations, sleight of hand, et cetera, et cetera. So the CIA has studied all these magi- magicians and even employed some of them in order to understand exactly exactly what they did and how they can apply it to all of their spy craft.
1: That's I have not heard that.
0: I want to know what the name of this book is. And actually I got to dig it up, but you could probably, you could find it probably easily. Um, uh, CIA, just, Houdini book, whatever.
1: And just so everybody at home knows we're going to have to do like some episodes on Houdini because the, wow. I mean, there's a lot there too. And it, and it all, it all basically merges with the stuff that we're talking about on today's episode. Right. Helena Blavatsky and the Theosophical movement came kind yep, of before. The book. <laughs> there it is, CIA manual yeah. of trickery and deception. <laughs> we got to get that up in like one of our studios. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, we should. Okay, well, Lindsay is telling me we can we can buy the book, so we're gonna have to do that. So she releases the secret doctrine, right? And. Um, Now, I'm going to get a little bit more into this soon, but I just want to read an excerpt from The Secret Doctrine where she's talking about Lemuria here, okay? Now, she said, I quote, uh, Lemuria, as we have called the continent of the third race, was then a gigantic land. It covered the whole area of space from the foot of the Himalayas, which separated it from the inland sea rolling its waves over what is now Tibet, Mongolia, and the great desert of Shamo, I guess Gobi, from Chittagong westward to Hardwar and eastward to Assam. From thence, it stretched south across what is known to us as southern India, Ceylon, and Sumatra, then embracing on its way, as we go south, Madagascar on its right hand, and Australia and Tasmania on its left. It ran down to within a few degrees of the Antarctic Circle. When from Australia, an inland region on the mother continent, in those ages, is extended far into the Pacific Ocean, not only beyond Rapa Nui, uh, that's that's Tipi or uh, Easter Island, which now lives in latitude 26 S and longitude 110 West. Okay, that was an excerpt from I, from uh, this book, *The Secret Doctrine*. Okay. Now, so so she's talking very eloquently about this this past land okay now how helena blavatsky became to become known this is kind of where i believe more of the more of the the meat of the story comes in right you know when when we start talking about famous people a lot of people just look at hey oh this guy's got like for instance a painter for instance picasso have you ever looked into picasso john Picasso has all of these super famous paintings. They're extremely um, expensive paintings if you were to try to buy one. But if you look into the character of the man that was – he drove people mad. He was just this type of guy, right? Like his – I think his his son um, – mur- like he his son basically committed suicide. Just like it, it was – he was just too much for people. And um, actually, strangely, uh, Ariana Huffington wrote a piece about Picasso and the type of man that he was. And um, it was really revealing. You know, The guy was like, a, he was a communist. It's like There was all of these things that were exposed about Picasso. But the reason why I'm telling you about this is because, you know, people are looking at these paintings being like, oh, this guy was great. Like, you know, and then actually, you know, in real life, the dude was a hot mess. You know, like very painful to be around. So we've got um, Helena Blavatsky here, right? And we've got uh, people that are around her that are working with her and they're finding her extremely challenging to be around. Okay, so there's there's a woman named Mabel Collins who was around Helena Blavatsky and she ended up being her editor for, for a magazine that I'll tell you about. And just a little bit as this story kind of unravels. Right. So Mabel Collins has this relationship with her and Mabel Collins is like a, a channeler. Okay. So Mabel Collins is really good at, they're doing like, you know, different kinds of seances and stuff like that. And Mabel Collins, her, her, she's a very talented channeler. And I, I guess it's someone that Helena Blavatsky views as like a threat in terms of like personal power or whatever it is. So she has a very difficult relationship with Helena Blavatsky. And it also reveals some of the character here about Helena Blavatsky and how she actually was right now. Mabel Collins was convinced that she lived with and knew who Jack the Ripper was. This is weird for a lot of different reasons. But I mentioned Sir Arthur Conan Doyle earlier, who was also put on trying to figure out who Jack the Ripper was at the time. Okay? And you have you have Mabel Collins, who's right next to Helena Blavatsky, who claims to know who um, Jack the Ripper is. Right? Now, what Helena Blavatsky became known for at the beginning of her career as a whatever it was a, a cha- like a channeler whatever it was 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 a psychic and and she even to kind of prove herself she brought very very detailed information about some murders to the police the local police at the time and ended up helping them solve mysteries revolved around murders using her psychic
0: abilities but means- were they really psychic abilities <laughs> Which means
1: one of two things based off of the information that I just gave you. One is she's actually a psychic and, and wow, that's amazing. Or two, she really did know something about
0: these. info, Yeah. And the fact
1: that she was this close to Jack the Ripper is bizarre. Okay. It's super bizarre. Yeah. And her eyes are not helping her here. Just to be honest. She's got a spooky look to her. Now, um, if that's not enough, John, we like this woman's book has influenced generations of occultists. We're talking about Alistair Crowley wouldn't shut up about this woman. Alistair Crowley was like this was was a like a previous incarnation of my soul and I, like or whatever it was. Like he believed it was like his 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 soul family because you know how could it not be, right? Who was Alistair Crowley, Rob? So Alistair Crowley was uh probably one of the most deranged occultists that's exist created a bunch of his own sects of things after kind of like not fitting really in in the masonic uh secret societies it it was his entire life studying this He, he literally the dude had a mansion on uh on loch ness you know uh he was he his whole goal was to bring in beings from another dimension i mean this guy was like running strange rituals and stuff and he was obsessed with it the dude was trying to get himself possessed it's bad enough if you get yourself possessed without any intention to do so but this guy was like trying to bring stuff in to make more power for himself right and so i mean this is the the period of time that we're talking about here like i wouldn't even want to own or be near this house because there's probably so much wonky stuff in there from everything that he was doing you know if that's not enough, have you ever heard of the book, The Spear of Destiny by Tra- Trevor Ravensclaw, Croft or whatever? Oh, no, yeah. All right. So this book. Um, now, if you're not aware, this book really was the foundation for Indiana Jones and, um, and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's very similar. And this book came out obviously way before. So this is Trevor Ravencroft's book, The Spear of Destiny. I highly recommend reading it because it gives a very different perspective on what happened in the 1930s and the 1940s than we're being told. Okay, now whether you believe the occult side of this or not is actually kind of irrelevant because Hitler really did believe in all of that. Now, reportedly... Hitler was sleeping next to the secret doctrine. He he read it all the time. So Isis unveiled another book by Helena Blavatsky, the secret doctrine. Hitler's eating this stuff up. And it's what helped him create his Aryan race theory essentially that he used to try to find these people that were living underground in Tibet. All of this, all of the this all
0: goes back to Lemuria. Literally, this all goes back to Mu and Lemuria and Atlantis, whom the Nazi party, Hitler, believed that that was their birthright to find because that was the super race. I mean, even the swastika, when you look at the swastika, it goes back to ancient Tibet, it goes even the Hopi had the swastika, the Hopi Indians of yes. the Southwest. But see, that's the other thing too, that draws you back to ancient civilizations and this cultural diffusionism where mainstream shut down cultural diffusionism, but a lot of these older researchers believe that it existed just from the fact, for instance, that the swastikas cross many, many, many ancient cultures across the world. So yes, I mean, when you get to Hitler and the Nazi party and what they did, heinous, at the same time, I do believe that their ideas about the ancient past, when it comes to Mu Lemuria, wrong names, right concept,
1: right. And 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 Hitler was actually this. What's so interesting about the Spear of Destiny book and how it basically talks about all of this is Hitler was not a moron. I mean, he became crazy over time. It's not. We're not even sure what happened to him, but he was. What was probably then, all he did was go into libraries and research stuff. Like he was a very well-researched person to try to figure out where the German, the root of the German race actually came from.
0: Well, look at, look at the Roricks too, who, uh, I can't remember her first name, Mrs. Rorick, early 1900s in the United States, they were from Russia. She translated the secret doctrine into Russian and they lived in New York city They were friends with a lot of people in um, one of the presidential administrations back then. And they got funded, funded to look for Shambhala, not only by the U.S. government, but most probably also by the Russian government. And they were acting as double agents. So you you go back then, like to that time frame, it wasn't just Hitler. It was people in the United States government (laughs) as well.
1: And this is the problem is like people don't remember that time because they're not looking at the whole situation as a whole. Right. They're assuming Hitler just was born out of nothing and it was a it was a socio-political thing. Right. They don't understand that Hitler's insanity came from a lot of the occult stuff that was out there. And now Lindsay brought up an image before that we didn't get to look at. But this is what's crazy. Okay? Everything that I just mentioned, and you've got Mabel Collins editing a magazine that Helena Blavatsky was head of, is edited by Blavatsky and Mabel Collins, and it's a a magazine at that time, back then, called Lucifer, a theosophical magazine. Okay, so how did this happen, and how did these people not get criticized off the face of the earth? We're talking about like the people that were the heads of this spiritual movement, nearly, bringing it in and they're, they're releasing a magazine called Lucifer. Well, what's crazy is if you know enough about the secret societies at the time and, 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 and previous, like going down into the 1200s, the 1400s here, you've got the Knights Templar, okay? This all kind of, you could say to some extent, of course, it's much further back than this, but a lot of what happened that we can see now started back in, in the Holy Roman um, Crusades. The Knights Templar, who are these warriors of the uh, the church, go over to the Middle East fighting this war, and they start hearing a very, very different um, story of what who Lucifer was and what really happened at the time. They get so moved by it when they come back. They know they're going to be killed if they start talking about it. They can't talk about it, but they want to talk about it, and they want to they want to find out more and 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 move this whole thing forward. They create a secret society. The secret society, you know, it's called the Ma- like the Freemasons. They, the, you're sworn to an oath by pain of death uh, after entering the secret society. You can't talk about what happens. You don't in the Fight Club. You don't talk about what happened in the Fight Club, right. basically. Okay, and and here it is that they've got you know this very different story of history, and now you've got accumulated information about past civilizations that they're passing down they're very interested in esoteric and and occult information that they can add into their entire thing and and if you look at what helena blavatsky released with the secret doctrine we're talking about a large portion of this being released into the public where you know you're really to say the least it 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 appears very confused
0: yeah so basically, basically, what she was releasing in part was stuff from the secret societies that came back, informed after the Crusades and whatnot, right? And well, so- and okay,
1: and and so this is our best understanding. Everybody at home, you know, we encourage you guys to do your own research on this, but yes, this is our my best understanding of what's actually gone on is that when when you start hearing about Lemuria. Like, how did these things get pushed so hard after Helena Blavatsky? It's because there's a group of people out there, probably in these secret societies, that are talking about Atlantis, Lemuria, Mm -hmm. Moo all the time. And so these concepts are constantly being put into movies. They're being renamed and put into different concepts that we're watching fictional stories about all the time. So so
0: basically, like, like, these ideas and concepts really not necessarily were channeled. I mean, whether they're channeled or not, you have to wonder if these things came out of stuff that the Crusaders had dug up when they went on their rampages in the Middle East and wherever they went, right? So because, because, because when you think about the restrictive nature of a dogmatic type government, they're not gonna allow certain ideas in, so they form secret societies about them, right? Ultimately. That's, right.
1: that's what yeah huh well just to, just to clarify for everyone at home i know a lot about uh, well from my perspective anyway i've done a lot of research on the freemasons and all of that stuff it's like we're not talking about necessarily your grandpa who was in the freemasons and he he was in an introductory level of the freemasons we're talking about some deeper things that that people have talked about in the past okay and um, and also there is a big difference between what was going on with French Freemasonry and what was going on in Britain with the Freemasons at the time. What you saw over here in the United States with the Freemasons, George Washington being a part of all of that, was a different sect of the Freemasons than you had over in Europe where the French were. The French took on the Knights Templar. They, they absorbed the Knights Templar and were mm-hmm. infiltrated by the Bavarian Illuminati. And then that whole thing started to take over some of these other French, these other Freemason um, lodges and stuff like that. But it hadn't gotten over to Britain by the time George Washington was literally founding America. Okay. So, and I I have all of this laid out in different episodes that I've written. So if you, I'm just going to tell you about these real quick. One is the second episode that we did on, Um, The Roots of Communism over on Rise.TV. The second episode is all about the Bavarian Illuminati and the founding of the Bavarian Illuminati. And I recommend you guys go check that out. The second thing is that we're talking about here that I just want to recommend you check out is the Relics of Power series that we did over on Rise.TV also has all of this information about the mad hunt for relics that Hitler was on. And it goes over a lot of that. It's, I mean, it's the true story behind the, the, like, Indiana Jones, a lot of the Indiana Jones stuff. So it's very interesting. So definitely go check that out if you, if you want to know more about this stuff. Blavatsky herself said that Lucifer was the only god of our planet. There was even a theosophical magazine called Lucifer that we just discussed, right? So, you know, you put all of that together, and then you put together the fact that people hated being around her, and she ended up creating her own religion off of this stuff after the theosophical society generally speaking when people go ahead and create a cult of personality like another religion or something like that there's other things going on it's not just um a random effort being put out here to form some type of organization you know who knows if she went rogue or whatever it is but the Helena Blavatsky being the person that pushed out Lemuria is is kind of interesting because she's not even the first mention of it. She kind of just appropriated the entire idea from earlier scientists that had discussed uh, Lemuria being a thing. And they called it Lemuria. You know this because they found lemurs in uh, the bottom part of India and Madagascar and in the uh, Western side of Australia, only in these places. And it would only make sense that uh, some continent was connecting these in the distant past when
0: the oceans were lower. Right. Yeah, basically that's the story. That was the zoologist that created that idea. But, but what I find interesting, actually, ultimately, Regardless of whether, like Blavatsky's ultimate intentions and, and her uh, propensities, whatever they were, um, I do find it interesting that the, the focus of, of governments and, and how she was somewhat revealing of, of stuff potentially from the secret societies that came out of the Crusades. I find that actually find that kind of interesting because here you had the Nazi Party going after Lemuria, Mu. Here you had the US government funding expeditions to find Shambhala. I mean, there's something under the surface here when it comes to that. When it comes to that specifically, which is where my interest goes. But, you know, the other whole side of that is, you know, the creation of the New Age movement off of the Levatsky and where where this whole thing went, which I don't pay much attention to. Instead, it's more like, how, like, how do you uncover more of 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 where these ideas originally came from? What sort of documentation they came across? Could it be like, for instance, churchward? These guys are raiding, except they're raiding uh, mosques and repositories of information and libraries, and finding these old tablets that describe these ancient lands, right? Yeah. And then and then they hid these documents from others, right? So. That's where I, that's where my mind goes on this whole thing and like really interested in that
1: aspect. Well, well, and look at what the result of it was, John. You, you have Hitler who gets a hold of this information and he he mobilizes an entire right. country to go searching for these things. For what? Well, for power. Right. So it's for power. And then Operation Paperclip happens these scientists end up coming over to the U.S. and you've got just them continuing that work. I'm not saying the work of the Nazis, but but the work of searching for these potential artifacts and things for what? It's technology, right? It's and, a certain exactly. type of technology,
0: right? And then you then you get to what happened with uh, Operation High Jump after World War II and sending a fleet down to Antarctica for what reason? Well, the Nazis, when we had a remote view, it has had they had like at a certain point, they believed perhaps Atlantis and some ancient civilizations were located under the ice in Antarctica. So there had been this push by the Nazis. This is under the surface. This is not verified during World War II to understand what's in Antarctica and build a base down there. And so after the war, as far as our remote viewing data concerns, described the United States government going down there to to fight the Nazis, that was Operation High Jump ultimately, and and that is when you get all the lore around UFOs. You know, UFOs attacking the fleet of Operation High Jump and whatnot, but they were not Nazi UFOs. It was something different. That's yeah, what's so, so
1: that's so crazy. Like <laughs> that know. whole story is like it's it sounds like that straight out of a movie. I mean, but and- that's the
0: thing. Like, why can't we can't we can't just go to Antarctica? Like right. Antarctica is completely, utterly, totally restricted. Right. You can't just go there. And, why?
1: and 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 why?
0: You know, why is that? Right. Oh, it's oh, because there was a treaty
1: before. Why did a treaty? why was right. the treaty written? Yeah. Like
0: yeah. there's
1: something down there, right? It's the it's the most worthless piece of land in the entire world, theoretically. Why
0: theoretically. is there right? Yeah. But see, this is the thing that I think. I think that like the governments of this world this planet a lot of them know about that stuff that Blavatsky had point that I don't I'm not 100% convinced that Lemuria the idea of Lemuria came out of channeled information from Blavatsky I think she just used that a line of information to feed something else out that's exactly
1: a way to reveal the information in a way that could get out there and you know the, the because thing look is, what she did with the law of
0: attraction, okay. right?
1: Thank you. I was just going to bring that up. So, yeah. so the the law of attraction, like, this, okay. So you guys, if you don't know this, like Helena Blavatsky, a lot of things that people are doing and and ex- like getting themselves into now was a result of a lot of what this woman released back then. And we're we're talking about the first mention of the law of attraction being in her book Isis Unveiled when she when she when she published it. Okay, I have tracked back the first mention of the law of attraction. The law of attraction goes through the New Thought movement into the New Age movement, and then a book called The Secret gets written by Rhonda Byrne, and everyone takes this concept, where the book is basically telling you. The law of attraction is the only is the only law that exists and that you sh- you can manifest whatever you'd like, which seems like such a great idea, right? Like who wouldn't want to just manifest whatever they want? What's crazy is that you have guys on Wall Street using this method to manifest their fortunes. Well, she's not was- even hidden.
0: Right. She also said that this is something that those in power that rule this world have used time immemorial, and it's been kept hidden from the people. So then you have Blavatsky pushing this information out, and that's where it came from all those secret societies. And I think the idea of a Lemuria... Tags right along with that is being pushed out by the secret societies and
1: released into our world via right. these different books. And what's okay? Look, no one, everyone now criticizes. If somebody was to come out and be like, "I channeled this," people are just going to make fun of them. They're going to go nowhere. I mean, try, imagine doing that on Instagram right now. Like everyone's all over you. Now there's a group of people that do that. They have supporters that will protect them in their in their um, in their comments section and stuff like that. But when you're talking about doing serious work in society, if you talk about channeling information, you're going to get lambasted out there, right? We're talking about a woman who's claimed that she's done that with all of this information. And whenever we're talking about Lemuria, everyone references Helena Blavatsky as the main reference for Lemuria. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, how is that a thing,
0: Right, people? I know. I know right
1: and and then furthermore it's but, like but,
0: but but wait a second wait a second yeah. like even when you get to aramumuru the 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 stargate near lake titicaca in peru yeah. so even when you get to that location that aramumuru okay so the story around Muru is that it was a priest that came from atlantis or mu and he escaped the cataclysm set up shop in peru created a mystery brotherhood school. And then when the Spanish came, he had this secret sun disk, solar disk. And so he went to a location, so didn't want the Spanish to have it because it was very powerful. And he went through a portal to another land, another world. So this book was written in the 1960s, okay? About a Ramu Muru. It it was channeled information. It was channeled information by um, a guy named Brother Philip, 1960s, that told the story. And, and even the locals today, Aramumuru, that gate, that, that, that stone wall, wasn't discovered by the modern world until like 1990s. And so, so here's this story from the 1960s of supposed channel information, and the locals have even taken on the story of Aramumuru, and people posit this channeled information as being the story behind the gate. When... They're not connected. They're not necessarily connected at all. So channeled information makes its way into just about everything these days when it comes to the weirder side of things, and people don't
1: realize it. No, and most of the, and and we'll be getting into this, but most of the information we have about Atlantis, that we have about Lemuria and Mu, seem to be either channeled information or information from the like an ancient history that is being merged with that now. Right. You know? And uh, and and so, like, when we're talking about this stuff, like, and we're talking about, you know, Helena Blavatsky and everything that I just told you. I mean, we've got a woman who has a very different understanding of who Lucifer is. She's publishing a magazine in the 18, late 1800s called Lucifer. Right. And then she's pushing this term called the law of attraction. And the entire law seems to be a very materialistic. A We're sort of to. service to self. Yeah. And, and okay, look, yeah. if, now here's what I want to say. Any force out there in the universe can be used for good or for bad. What you need to be looking at, in my understanding, is where your heart's at when you're using it. If you're just trying to gain riches for yourself, you're not necessarily in the camp that's trying to get outside of this world and ascend up.
0: Yeah, it's a very material. The t- yeah. The law of places being
1: very materialistic. Well, and if what Helena Blavatsky said is true that that Lucifer is the God of this world, and you're trying to gain more power over material things, well, then where are you going to go like who who's right right? right. You get what I'm saying, so it's oh, like yeah 100%, I think yeah I think with that with that whole thing not, I, we're not trying to get too dark here. It's more just about you can't really separate out the first instance of where these things were mentioned. And the people that mention them with the actual thing that's going on out there in society now, they're, they're connected. And so you have to look at, this is my understanding and, and where I'm at with all of my research is it's always very important to track down, you know, where the first mentions of these things are, because, you know, you owe it to yourself to understand that before you make any decisions that are important for your life, you know?
0: Yeah. Right. So, so the, but the, Okay, so when you get back to the idea of the law of attraction, um, people put it in the in the in the conscious in the conscious realm. Right. But you can also call the law of attraction the unconscious karmic realm as well, where you don't know what the heck your energy has put into motion from however long ago or whatever subconscious thing you have going on that's going to pull things into you as well, right? So you've got that mix to deal with on top of wanting physical things physically, so in the physical realm. So you just
1: (laughs) yeah, you just really nailed on something like you really nailed something because I mean, look at it. Imagine if bad karma and good karma are like batteries and they have a certain amount of energy and you're you know let's say you only have a certain amount of 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 good karma as they call it out there and you keep trying to manifest things and you're, you're, you're basically like running this battery out because you're using all of that to manifest right. good things for yourself. When it's gone, it's gone. I mean, what do you do? Then if you're trying to do more- you Get kicked well, out of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or it's like, you're, 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 like these things are an exchange, right? Like the, these are universal principles. When you, when you do something good, according to traditional thought, like you get something good. When you do something bad, you it's not forgotten. Something bad will come around. This is why like what goes around comes around is a saying in our society. So w- human beings kind of trying to take care, like take control of their life and manifest all of these things, I think is a somewhat of a big trap because the, the best thing that you could potentially do, according to like Eastern thought, for instance, is you let go of all of those things. In the West, you have faith that someone else or something, a, a higher power is going to arrange these things in a way that is beyond your wisdom to get you to a better place yeah so you know i think i'm glad we got to talk about all of this i I kind of am curious to hear what you think about that entire story i just told you about helena blavatsky and the i think the big mess of circumstances around that
0: i mean yeah it's a crazy mixed up story um i honestly don't know Uh, if she truly got her information through channeling or she was just pushing, I think it was probably a mix and she's pushing ideas from the secret societies on top of it all, um, which actually is more fascinating to me than channeled information, obviously for obvious reasons, because you're getting back to the Crusades and whatnot and whatever information they stuck and squirreled away in their secret societies when it comes to ancient civilizations, because that's my focus. But But then you have to understand too that that during that time, I think that people were living in, in more of a restricted, maybe dogmatic type world. And then Blavatsky, as well as others, brought forward this whole mix of weird stuff, which eventually started to get more focused throughout society, like, for instance, in Buddhism, and then bringing Buddhism to the West, Zen practices and stuff like that to the West, which is actually not a bad thing in general, Right. So, so it, it, in a way, it did set the stage for, for opening up to cleaner, clearer practices, at the very least, of meditation and whatnot, of, of non-manifesting, like non-material manifesting type uh, information from these other things, like Zen, for instance. I think it set the stage to a degree for this stuff to come in, people to accept it. And I think there was like, because... All of that stuff presented this new idea as well back then. People got excited about it and people in government got excited about it because it was outside of what they had been like circling within for a long time in Western culture. So, yeah, that's, 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 even though there's aspects that are just completely whacked out and I don't trust Blavatsky in general, I don't, just don't, you know, you can see the cultural influence and where it took it.
1: Yeah, and then again, it's sort of like even now, anyone who's coming out and, and forms a really big following based around spiritualism just something, and they're making loads of money off of it. And it's like yeah. something doesn't sit right
0: with me. Well, it went way. material, it's very material, materialistic. Yeah. So, yeah, you know,
1: it is. Well, um, and obviously, with the, the meditation John was talking about, uh, prayer is along with that as well. But, um, I think we're at a good place for us to start getting into lemuria and mu so why don't we go ahead and wrap this episode up here uh please let us know what you think in the comments below on all these episodes and uh what you guys would like to know more about and john thanks so much for being with us all right we'll see you guys soon